So again, third week of our Questioning Success series, and this morning we're going to be talking about a question. We're going to have a conversation about this question of, am I fulfilled? And so in preparing for this message, I I did a Google image search for successful people. What do you guys think I I came up with when I did that search? Just shout them out. (laughs) I saw a me in the background. (laughs) Anybody else? What? Bill Gates. Yes, Bill Gates. Anybody else? Donald Trump. Okay. I won't get into that. Uh, I'm just going to move right on. I did see a fair amount of... Oh, Bill Gates was up on the, <laughs> up on the screen. I did see a lot of celebrities, sports athletes, uh, Warren Buffett quotes. There's a fair amount of those. Um, and lots of business people in suits. Because everyone knows that if you're going to be successful, you have to wear a business suit, right? That's what I came up with. But I also saw this really interesting quote from Bill Gates. It says, success is a lousy teacher and seduces smart people into thinking that they can't lose which is actually, I thought it was really interesting because if you've ever tasted success and then afterwards tasted any kind of failure or lack of success, you know that that can be a really confusing thing. Like I was successful over here, did well over here, and then I'd come over here and it just, it fell apart. You see this a lot with sports ownership. You see all these great businessmen try to own sports teams and they, they, how many Washington Redskins fans do I have? Anybody? So you know what I'm talking about, right? (laughs) Keith, sorry. (laughs) So... You know what I'm talking about. Great success in the business world, but then you come over here and you try to own a sports team and it doesn't go so well. And you end up thinking and looking back on that situation and probably ask yourself questions like, what in the world happened? You know, and you might ask yourself, if this is where I'm going to end up, right, having these feelings of being upset and depressed and questioning myself and what I'm doing, even questioning my purpose, if that is where I'm going to end up, why am I even bothering? Why am I spending so much time on this? And the answer to that why is because I believe it's how we're wired, right? We have a desire to be successful, even the Redskins owner. He wants to be successful. Every athlete wants to win. Every businessman wants to succeed. And every mom and dad wants to raise their kids in a way that they at least make it out of their basement, right? But what is success, right? So that's the question I'm kind of asking myself as we go through this series. What is success? Can it be measured tangibly, right? We might have our own definitions you know, personally. It can be a financial number, maybe. Maybe it's the number of or the type of car that you drive or how big your house is. Each of us have a different definition for how we measure this thing that we call success, and people do crazy things to achieve it, right? I've seen people cash in their retirements to travel the world because that's what their definition is. I've seen people sacrifice their marriages to achieve professional success in their job. And I've seen people spend countless hours of studying, if you're still in school, countless hours of studying trying to ace an exam because when I get an A, it makes me feel good. But I would argue that what we're chasing is not a tangible thing. The thing that we're, we're spending so much time searching for, it's not something that can be measured uh, tangibly. It's, it's a feeling. Right? We crave the feeling of success. How do you feel when you're successful? Nothing. <laughs> good. You feel good. Yes, it wasn't a trick question, I promise. We feel good, and, and success should make us feel differently. When the things we're chasing don't measure up to the feeling that we crave, we get this emptiness that we feel, and sometimes that leads to us giving up. And today we're going to examine this feeling because some people literally spend their entire lifetime chasing something, chasing success. But the thing that they never realize is, is the thing that they're chasing, that feeling that we're searching for is not obtainable apart from God. And this feeling that we're chasing, it's one of being fulfilled. 
right? Am I fulfilled? And the, the definition of being fulfilled is to be made full. And this is actually one of Jesus' goals for his disciples and, and for us. If we go to John 10.10, 10, there's a great verse that says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. So this morning we're going to dig into what Jesus has to say about success, about the fullness of life that he wants to offer us, and, and want to kind of kick things off by asking you just something I want you to think about as we go through the service. Is your life and your service to God filling you? Are you getting that full feeling? Jesus said that not only is that possible, but it's why. It's the reason that he came. And as we walk through this message, the thing that I want you to keep in the back of your mind, the question that I want you to keep in the back of your mind and kind of run this message through this filter is this question, am I fulfilled? Am I fulfilled? So to get this thing started, our first uh, point this morning, if you want to dig out your outlines, is a fulfilling life is discovered through faithful and fruitful serving. Faithful and fruitful serving. We're going to be in John Uh, 15 verses 8 through 11, it says, When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told you these things so you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. So again, this question of are you fulfilled, this verse is a promise of God's love, but it's also a reminder from God of a couple of things. The first is the way that we show our love to God is to be faithfully obedient with our lives. We love God through our obedience. We love God through our obedience. And when we do that, our lives produce fruit and we're filled with joy, right? Joy and fulfillment. Last week, Pastor Sean had an awesome message in which he communicated that in order to produce fruit, we have to be connected to the what? Anybody remember? The vine, thank you. They have to stay connected to the vine, and that vine is Jesus. We as the branches have to stay connected to Jesus. And this grapevine illustration, it's a really cool one because a grapevine is is a really prolific plant in that it can literally, as long as it's connected to the vine, the branches are, it can literally produce thousands of pieces of fruit in a lifetime, thousands of pieces of fruit. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an illustration that goes back to the Old Testament where God tells the Israelites, if you stay in me, in me and you listen to me and do the things that I've called you to do, you're going to have an immense amount of fruit. You're going to do awesome things for my kingdom. And so this wasn't when Jesus says to his listeners, I am the vine and you are the branches. He, they knew exactly what he was trying to say to them. He's giving them an expectation of bearing a ton of fruit. He's saying, you're going to have a big haul. Like, it's going to happen. And I love, I love, I love seeing daybreakers carry out our vision of helping others discover a life-changing journey with Christ because it speaks directly to this, to the fruit that we can, we can bear. A couple of weeks ago, we had um, a mission team go out and partner with uh, the Hill Church in, in Harrisburg. Uh, I think we have a picture of them that's going to flash up on the, and a lot of them, we had a, a really strong GHR presence, which was awesome, but they went out and they partnered with this church and they did some great things, bear a lot of fruit. One in particular that, that we were notified of, there was a man, he was hurting, and they had the opportunity to kind of minister to him on, on the Saturday that they were there. I had great conversations with him, built relationships with him, and uh, he actually came to service the next, the next morning, on the Sunday morning. And when Pastor Ricardo gave people an opportunity to give their lives with Christ, he stood up 
and for the first time accepted Christ as his his Savior and accepted the forgiveness for for everything that was in his past. It was just such an awesome moment of of bearing fruit, and and, and it was awesome for the, the people that had the chance to minister to them because the reason that he was able to come to that place, even come to the step in the doors of that church, the reason he was able to do that was because of the relationship and the love that they had shown him. Our team had showed him the day before. And if you talk to any of these team members, you'll quickly hear that they felt incredibly fulfilled this past weekend because they were able to produce fruit in their lives through serving. And at daybreak, and and this is true of this mission team as well, I believe we do a great job of making sure that our mission team, missions teams, stay connected to the vine, right? Leading up to, through the through the mission mission process and and everything, just making sure that they're connected to Jesus and in conversation with him and able to pour out God's love to the people that they're ministering to them. And this team definitely bared some fruit during this, during this trip. And as I, I was thinking about them, and I was thinking about this vine thing, and us being the branches, and producing thousands and thousands of, 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 of pieces of fruit, I started thinking to myself, if that's true, right? If that's true, and, and I truly am a follower of Christ, and I'm being obedient to God, I started thinking, why in the world have there been times in my life, knowing that I have the potential to bear all this fruit and do all these great things for God, why in the world have there been times in my life where I have been hesitant or downright disobedient when it comes to serving in the way that God has called me to and created me to to do? And in thinking about that, I think a big part of it, without even realizing it in the past, was the expectation. Right, expectation of how am I ever going to live up to what God wants from me? How am I ever going to be responsible for, for bearing all that fruit? And I started to think about this, you know, you know, this grapevine thing, and I started thinking about different kinds of branches. This is from the tree in my backyard. It fell off, clearly. It's a dead branch. But there's been times in my life, in my life where I felt like this dead branch, right? This isn't producing any fruit, <laughs> right? Whether it was because of, you know, sin in my life or just my relationship with this thing is disgusting, or just um, my relationship with God didn't feel great. I felt like this dead branch. There's no way that this branch is going to produce fruit, and there's no way in those seasons of my life where I felt that way that I was going to produce fruit. And there's other you know, types of trees in my neighborhood. We have a fair amount of apple trees, right? And I was reading about apple trees, just thrilling reading if you're ever bored sometime. But apple trees, if they're pruned right and maintained in the right way, they actually grow an apple, a healthy apple, every six to eight inches. All good information for you, by the way. Six to eight inches. But the, um, the apple trees in my neighborhood, nobody really keeps up with them. So what happens? Like the apples, they kind of grow on top of each other. They're not pruned. And, and ultimately, you get these all like warped, nasty-looking, teeny-tiny apples that nobody wants to eat. Like even the deer spit them out. Um, so that, I felt that way, too. Like even if I could produce fruits... The kind of fruit that I'm going to, to produce, nobody's going to want it, right? God can do much better than using me. But that's not God's message. I'm going to try to pick this up without spilling grapes all over the place. That's not the message that God has for us. He says, there is, you are a branch of a grape vine, right? As long as you connect, stay connected to the vine, great things are going to happen. You're going to produce that fruit. Um, this is the, the, the grape vine. Uh, Grapevine is the only one of these illustrations where our branch, right, the branch is actually connected to a vine, a life source, right? And that life source for us is Jesus. And the longer that I'm involved in ministry, the more that I realize that 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 vine, Jesus, sustains me and allows me to produce fruit. 
right? The thousands of pieces of fruit that God calls us to as branches to produce. God helps us with that. But the really freeing thing in, in that, and what I really want you to get from this illustration, is that God, Jesus' connection with us, it relieves a lot of pressure from us. Right? So in those moments where I felt overwhelmed by that ex- expectation of how am I ever going to do that, God's going to help us. He's going to take us from saying, how am I ever going to accomplish that? And he's going to flip that and say, you know what? You don't have to. God is going to help me do this. God's going to sustain me, but he's also going to help me. So the challenge is not to let the feelings of inadequacy keep you from serving because the vine is going to be that sustaining force for you. Jesus will honor your service through a feeling of fulfillment in your obedience. And you can't find that feeling of fulfillment apart from God and apart from serving. God also wants us to know that there's even more support available to us and more of this sense of sustainment available or fulfillment available to us as well because Jesus encourages us not to serve alone. Right? He encourages us to serve with other people, but he also encourages us to serve out of love. The secret to the full life that Jesus offers is found in serving with others to serve serve others out of love. Let me say that again. To serve with others to serve others out of love. And this isn't done out of a sense of duty, but in participating in relationships that God has put in our lives. And you build relationships, right? Whether it's the people you're serving with or the people you're serving, when you're building relationships, that love comes so much easier And uh, your service becomes so much easier in those moments, just like the ones with the the Harrisburg mission team. Friendships and relationships by serving with others happen in ministry. And I can tell you that the relationships that I've built through ministry are some of my deepest and most meaningful ones that I have in my life. So I would encourage you to, I heard an amen, so I would encourage you to explore that, right? If you're not serving currently, like, for, if for no other reason, you're going to have great, lifelong, awesome friends that you're going to be able to rely on forever. And it's a big part of what made our partnership with, with our church and uh, the Hill Church in Harrisburg so awesome is that they were able to build relationships, you know, build relationships with brothers and sisters in Christ who are lovingly worked, working together to share God's kingdom with other people. See, love is a motivating factor for God. It's why he's done everything that he's done. It's why he sent Jesus. It's why he created us. It's why he, he wants a relationship with us. Love is a motivating factor for God. And if it's a motivating factor for God, it has to be a motivating factor for us when we ask him to intervene and send us people that we can minister to, that we can talk to about the kingdom of God. God's love is what's going to sustain us, and God's love is what's going to allow him to bring people into our lives to serve, to serve with, and make a kingdom difference with. That's where our ultimate joy and our ultimate fulfillment comes from. But what do we do with that, right? It's great to hear those words. It's great to have those words of, like, God's going to sustain you and all that, and this is where you're going to find fulfillment. But what do we do with that? We know we we need God's love. We know that we need to faithfully serve others out of obedience to God because ultimately, that's where we're going to find that fulfillment. That knowledge is great, but how do we take action? The answer is that a fulfilling life is discovered through leaps of faith. Leaps of faith. So I wanted to ask you, again, you can just shout out your answers. What are some words that you think of when it comes to being fulfilled? 
Words that you think of when it comes to being fulfilled. Not everybody at once. Joy. Thanks, Michael. Peace. Anybody else? Let me get two more. Kindness and love. Great answers. Does anybody think of comfort? Yeah, right? <laughs> I saw that picture and I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't find a better picture to think of like comfort um, and just that sense of like, ah, this is great. When, when Karina goes out of town, like that's what I do. In my <laughs> she has this, this uh, feeling of like, there's not two sides, or there's not two sides of the bed, there's only the middle. So like she goes out of town, that's me. But comfort, right? But I, and there is definitely some fulfillment in, in being comfortable. But I would caution you, the danger, it, that, that's kind of the danger, is confusing comfort for fulfillment. Right? And this is a confusion that isn't anything new. If you know the Old Testament, you know Solomon. He was the king of Israel. He's the wisest man in the world. And he spends his life kind of amassing comfort, right? He was wealthy. He had servants. He had, he had an entire kingdom to prevail over. And he, he definitely, definitely, definitely had comfort in his life. But he got to the point that when he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, which is found in the Old Testament, he kind of made this conclusion that would be like, really interesting. He says, it's all meaningless. And he had all this stuff. But the conclusion he comes to in writing this book that's going to, you know, be be read for, for centuries and centuries, the conclusion that he comes to is everything was all meaningless because he wasn't fulfilled by any of it. He may have been really, really comfortable and maybe probably sprawled out on a bed like that a number of times, but it wasn't, it wasn't fulfilling. No amount of comfort can keep us from being fulfilled. And Jesus knew this, and Jesus constantly challenged his followers, and he challenges us to trust God by taking a leap of faith in their service to God and to others. So if we look at Luke 10, uh, verses 1 through 4, it's a great story about this exact concept. It says, The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the fields. Now go and remember that I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. That's very comforting. Uh, Don't... Take any money with you, nor a traveler's bag, nor an extra pair of sandals, and don't stop to greet anyone in the road. So imagine you're one of the 72, right? You're, you're excited. Jesus has selected you to do something big, and you're kind of waiting your marching orders, and everybody's gathered together, and this is what you get, right? Go out to these towns and places because we need workers. Oh, yeah, I'm sending you out like as lambs among wolves. Don't worry about that. Don't take anything with you that's going to make you too comfortable, right? Don't take any money, no traveler's bag, no extra pair of sandals. And Jesus really doesn't give them any further explanation or, or much of a plan to go by from there. Now, I was a Boy Scout, right? Any Boy Scouts in here? I was a Boy Scout. I'm an Eagle Scout. And the Boy Scouts had a motto. Does anybody know what the motto is? Be prepared. Yes, be prepared. I was in the army, so we didn't go out on a mission or anything without like a situation report and a plan, right? So this would have definitely shook me a little bit, right? Jesus calls all these guys together, and you're really excited. Okay, I'm going to go do something great for Jesus, and he gives you basically nothing. (laughs) Thanks, Jesus. (laughs) But how many of you have ever kind of had the conversation with God of like, all right, I'll, I'm definitely going to submit to you and I want to do this, but can you kind of lay all that out for me first 
And then like, okay, then I'm both feet in. Let's take that leap of faith, <laughs> right? But the cool thing about this is in spite of the fact that Jesus doesn't do that, he doesn't lay out this plan, the 72 are obedient. They go out and do their thing and they return to Jesus and they return fulfilled and they return having finded, uh, found success. Finded, what am I saying? All right, Luke 10, 17, when the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. So no comforts, no plan, and I'm pretty sure there's a country song that says no problem. But no comforts, no plan, yet they still found success and they found fulfillment. Jesus had to know that, right? He had to know that this was going to happen. Why wouldn't he fill them in on that? And it goes back to that conversation that I just described of, God, I'm going to do this, right? But just tell me how it's going to end. How's this all going to work out so I know that in in spite of everything that might happen, I'm going to come out okay? Lay that out for me. But the reason that Jesus didn't tell them is because he, he did this because he wanted them and he wants us to take a leap of faith and to be in a place where we have to have the sense that God better show up or I'm in trouble, (laughs) God better show up or I'm in trouble. And I can tell you, like, my personal experience in, in doing this, right, this was kind of a leap for, of faith for me in, in talking to Pastor Sean about being on the speaking team and being able to share with you guys on a regular basis. That was a bit of a leap of faith. I've talked to plenty of students over the years, but this is my first real experience of consistently communicating with grown people. So thank you for walking with me in that. <laughs> but... Um, you know, I know on a, on a Sunday morning when I'm preaching, there's, there's times when I come up here and I'm like, man, God, you need to like, you need to do this <laughs> because I'm struggling. But I'm able to stay connected to the vine in that. It's almost like an accountability for me to stay connected to the vine. If I'm going to share with you what God's put on my heart, I have to be connected to him and allow him to work through me in those moments, right? The prayer that I pray before I come up here every, every Sunday that I preach is God, get me out of your way so that you can speak directly into the hearts and minds of the people I'm talking to. I don't want to be a hindrance to you. But I can only do that because of my connection to Jesus. And the 72, they took that leap of faith. They did it. And God did show up. And this can be be an example for us to follow when God challenges us to do the same thing. Jesus sent 72 people into unknown territory with no comforts and no plan, they took that leap of faith and said, I go, God, I know that you're going to be in this. God, I know that we don't have all the details, but I'm going to step outside of my comfort zone, and I'm going to do this, and you're going to work everything out, so let's go. Let's do it. So the question that I would ask you and the question that I would ask myself is, is what's stopping you? Right? If they can do it, why can't we? What is keeping us from taking that leap of faith? What is keeping us from that leap that's going to be the next step in you adding grapes to your branch, right? Today could be the day that you say, yes, I'm going to allow God to work through me. I'm going to allow God to produce those thousands of pieces of fruit for the kingdom of God. Ultimately, that's what we want, right? We want to see the kingdom of God further, further, further. It can be uncomfortable. One of the things that Pastor Sean's been great about walking me through is humility, Right? And being uh, humility and humble enough to be able to share things about myself with a group of people that are older than me, wiser than me, and, and in a lot of ways, just that's a scary thing for me at times. So it can be uncomfortable, it can be scary, but there's a reason that Jesus sent 72 people out in pairs. 
He sent them out in pairs. He didn't send them alone. You weren't meant to do ministry alone. You weren't meant to do life alone. You're going to find more success, more joy, and more fulfillment when you team up with other ministry partners. Here at Daybreak, I've had the awesome opportunity to, to partner with a bunch of just awesome people pastoral staff when it comes to preparing messages, Pastor Sean in campus ministries. We have a GHR leadership team that, that I get to work with and coordinating events like our ministry expo and our campus picnic. Um, in student ministries, we have an awesome devoted team that is just passionate about serving students. And at Daybreak, we believe in serving as a team. Serve with someone, it's how God designed us, and it makes those big leaps of faith seem a little less scary when you're holding somebody's hand through it and doing it together. And that relationship, in addition to serving, that relationship is where we're ultimately going to find fulfillment. So the biggest question here today, it's not the one necessarily that I asked you to think about, but the biggest question is just one word, and that one word is why. Why in the world would I buy into faithfully and fruitfully serving and taking a leap of faith? Why would I do that? And I'm going to answer that in a way that's going to make English teachers everywhere cringe. I'm going to answer it with a question. And that question is, are you fulfilled? Why would you do that? Why would you take that leap of faith? Are you fulfilled? And if the answer to that second question is no, I'm not, God's message is clear. Do these things and you will find joy. You will be fulfilled as you cultivate your dependence on God. You will be fulfilled as you cultivate your relationship with others, and you will be fulfilled as you help other people discover a life-changing journey with Christ. That's it. That's the answer. That's the reason. So I want to pray for you right now, um, and, and in a moment after I pray, I'm going to walk you through kind of what's going to happen with our ministry expo. Really excited about what's going on out there, but let's, let's, let's take a moment just to pray and seal this moment. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you want us to be fulfilled. Thank you for being our vine that we can connect to and, and you can sustain us and you can help us to produce that fruit, Lord. There is an expectation, God, of us bearing thousands of pieces of fruit. But it's not an expectation that we have to take on our shoulders by ourselves. We have you. And in those moments where taking a leap of faith seems scary in those moments where taking a leap of faith, it's just something we're not certain about because we don't have all the details. We don't have the plan. We don't have the comforts. In those moments, God, help us to stay connected to you and trust you that you're going to see us through everything. In a moment here, God, we're going to talk about the, the, the opportunities here at Daybreak. And I thank you that, I, that I, I serve in a church that just wants that to happen, that wants uh, us to do ministry together as a church family. And I pray, God, that you would stir in our hearts right now to, to take that leap of faith out into service, not just to our church, but ultimately to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So God wants us to find fulfillment through being part of his work in this world, and each of us have gifts and talents, abilities that, that God's given us, right? They've all give, been given us to us, God, and he loves to see our unique contributions to the kingdom because it's how he created us. The Bible says that Jesus came as a servant, 
as a servant. We all know the, the picture of Jesus washing the disciples' feet and displaying that, that, that image of servant leadership. And he's calling us to do the same thing, to serve others, to serve our church, to serve people. And so today in our ministry expo, we're inviting you to take that leap of faith. Take that leap of faith and say, God, I'm all in. I want to serve. I want to partner with you. I want to partner with other daybreakers to serve our church, to serve our family, but ultimately to serve you so that you can begin to grow fruit in my life. So uh, Pastor Sean had you pull out this ministry, this ministry expo card. I'm going to invite you to do that again. I'm going to ask you... Um, the, the worship team is going to play some music in a couple minutes. I'm going to ask you to fill this out, but I want to walk you through it a little bit. Hopefully you can figure out the name, email, and phone number, so I'm not going to talk about that. But the, there's different areas that you can serve in. They're all color-coordinated. It's very awesome. Color-coordinated, and the booths actually are set up with signs, right? Signs that, that uh, coordinate with the colors that are on here, right? I'm wearing my student ministries t-shirt, but green is actually contributing ministries, but Whatever, <laughs> it'll work out, you'll figure it out. But my guess is that you're probably going to fall into one of three camps here this morning with the Ministry Expo. The first one is, like, I'm not serving right now, I need to take a leap of faith, and I just want to find a place to serve. So in the next few minutes, I want to encourage you to read through these descriptions, and then go out to the Ministry Expo. You can fill this out, go out to the Ministry Expo, and there's going to be volunteers at, at every table that you can just ha- ask, ask questions. Right? Like, what does this look like? And the best part, what I love about Daybreak is, say you sign up and, you, you know, you get into serving and, and ultimately you feel like this isn't a fit, we'll work with you to figure something else out. We want you to serve God. Just because the first thing doesn't fit doesn't mean there's not something out there for you. Right? The second camp that you might find yourself in is, like, I am serving, but I, I feel like God's calling me to something else. Right? Do the same thing. Fill this out. Go out there. Maybe there's an area that you're interested in. Go ask questions. Submit your card, and, and somebody will follow up with you to say, okay, well, what, what, are you kind of think, what, what are you processing right now? How can we fit you in? And then the last place that you might find yourself is I am serving, and I love what I'm doing. Awesome. I'm good. Still fi- uh, fit, uh, fill out your, minute, your card and just turn it in at that table to let them know you can count on me for the upcoming ministry year. Okay, so just take a few minutes now, um, fill this out, but also if you have prayer requests or anything like that that you want us to pray for you in, um, you can fill out your response card as well.